It's never been all about me. And everything I've done, the podcast, writing, mentoring, I've tried to make an impact to help the next generation. I think the best way to figure out what that impact is, is just to sit down and talk with someone. On today's show, I talked to Evan Mills, a very bright leader in this world. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Relatively Normal. I am your host, Mark Paisant. And I am really excited about today's show. I um I know some just extraordinary people in this world. I I work with some extraordinary people and this young man I just can't say enough positive things about him. So um, a few episodes ago, I had Carl McKinney on. And Carl and I are about the same age. And and we talked about um, being a black leader, mentoring the next generation, things like that. Um, And continuing with the black experience episodes, I wanted to bring on a younger black leader and pick his brain and see and just witness how he sees the world. Witness what his approach has been, how he's tackled challenges, how he's felt the need to be a role model mentor himself. And also ask him about some current events that are happening in the world. You might be asking yourself, Mark, this is relatively normal. This is a mental health podcast. What does all of this have to do with mental health? Well, I'll be really honest with you. Everything you do, everything that you do has something to do with mental health. The experience of black people in the American corporate structure, in the professional culture that has been dominated by non-black faces, that plays into the psyche of black men and women who want to get into leadership. The same thing happens with women in general, with Latinos and Latinas. It happens across the board, and my approach is not to just dismiss it and be the type of person who says, hey, when we're hiring, let's just hire the best person. No, no, no. I want to get down and dirty and have the conversations. I want to really get people to check their privilege at the door. I want to get people to notice their privilege. 
and I want to build each other up so we all can be the best versions of ourselves. So I had mentioned a few episodes ago about a new podcast, The Silent Struggle, with uh, Devin Cobb, or Devin Michael as he goes by, on his podcast. I was actually a guest on that last week, and we talked about a lot of things. You know, the, the main conversation was a black was about mentorship in the black community but we talked about a lot of things we talked about privilege and notice I didn't say white privilege we just talked about privilege we talked about my upbringing my family we had a very good conversation So if you have a chance, go listen to Devin's podcast, The Silent Struggle, and I will be a thousand percent honest with you. It is really good. Don't just listen to my episode. It's the latest one, but listen to all the episodes he's done. It's just really remarkable how good a quality this podcast is. I'm a little jealous. I'll be honest with you, just a little bit jealous, but uh, he will be my guest next week on the Relatively Normal podcast, but go listen to me on his podcast name, The Silent Struggle. And the funny thing about it is Devin and Evan are close to the same age. And both of them are light years ahead of their age. They are just so talented, just so polished, a part of me wishes I was that polished and talented and um, just driven at that age. But hey, we're not going to go back to that. I, I like where I am now. But before I get into this conversation with Evan, I do want to mention something that I had talked to Devin about. And it's the responsibility that we have to the next generation. I might be in the minority on this. I might be, I don't know. But I figure my opinion is that once you become successful at something, or even you don't have to be successful, once you get to a certain point, I think it is our responsibility to teach and mentor those who want it in the next generations. Again, I will never tell someone to give unsolicited advice. Don't do that. Like, you don't need to be that person. But if someone wants to follow in your footsteps, if someone wants to do what you're doing, if someone wants to work in the industry you're working on, if someone wants to have their own podcast, if someone wants to do something that they feel you would be a good mentor, I believe it is my responsibility to take time out of my day and help that person. Especially if people being successful in what you're doing don't always look like you. In a lot of industries out there, there are not a lot of black leaders. I am not knocking anybody. I'm just telling the truth. And when young black people, when young black men and women see a person of color succeeding in an industry that they want to succeed in, I commend them for reaching out. And Evan talks about that a little bit. He talks about reaching out, what he did to strive to be a better version of himself, what he did to make time out of his day to get better at what he was doing. I'm very, very impressed, and I think you will be too. So after the break, 
I'm going to bring Evan on, and we're going to have a discussion. And I hope you like it. We'll see you in a little bit. Welcome back. Welcome back. Like I said, I was going to bring on a good buddy of mine, Evan Mills. He works with Root with me, and we both work in kind of the same department. But in my continuing of the Black experience, I definitely wanted to get some more Black leaders on here to talk about their experience in the workplace and got to kind of get their voice out there. So, Evan, thank you so much for being a part of the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I appreciate the opportunity to come on and kind of share my experiences. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. This means a lot to me. And um, really quickly, can you just tell us what your role is in your current position? Um, Currently, I'm a uh, claims manager. Uh, my current role, um, um, over a uh, blended role team, of uh, they handle some customer service responsibilities in regards to uh, filing a claim, and then the other half of their day, uh, they kind of are, are handling our, our simpler um, auto losses. Okay. And just so everybody knows, um, Evan was recently promoted, I say recently in the past few months, but... Um, so congratulations on that. Well-deserved. I know you have a great reputation here, especially on the claim side. But, you know, what made you... Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. What made you apply for the managerial position you're in right now? Um, to be honest, um, I don't... I, I think this is... Um, I didn't have the confidence to apply for it at first, to be honest with you. This was more something that uh, the people around me that knew me kind of pushed me to do it. Um, It was something I always wanted to do, always wanted to get into an official leadership role within our claims organization. Um, But I kind of thought it was something that's like, "Ah, who knows if you're ready or not. And then the people around me was like, come on, Evan, you're ready for this. You've been working on all these type of things. Like, and I had a a manager within customer service who really pushed me to do it. Like there's an opening over there. So I started thinking about it a little bit and I'm like, you know what, I think I would be a good fit for this. Let me go ahead and apply. I had just uh, got my first uh, supervisor role in customer service. I had worked over there for about six to eight months, uh, building a team there. And uh, just those experiences I had there, and I had a great leader over there. That was the big thing that I think really prepared me. And then uh, just being a great leader, he pushed me to go ahead and uh, make that move. So that's kind of um, how I did it. I always wanted to do it, but it was like, you know, sometimes when you're younger and you come from a different background that you kind of sometimes you don't think you can make that move um, as quickly. And uh, the others believed in me and kind of encouraged me to go ahead and apply for it and it ended up working out. Well, I mean, personally, I want to let you know that I am I'm glad you applied for it. And I think you bring up a good point that even when all roads are leading to, you know, apply for this position, you know, everybody around you is saying there can still be a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of nervousness about, am I prepared? Am I ready? 
how did you kind of you, you kind of touched on it how did you kind of overcome you know that internal monologue of you saying maybe i'm not ready for this um i would say just uh the people around me and just always listening to them and and, and, and trusting the people around you if, if they feel they see your work product that you put out every day um and then some of the people that i just really respected also and had um, years of experience within the insurance industry and being in leadership when those type of people are really pushing you I, I like to listen because they they must have run into something like this before they've seen people get leadership positions before so i really like to uh, listen to my mentors and really take the advice that they give me listen to it and and that kind of just gave me that motivation like Evan, you need to go ahead and do it they're not telling you to do this for no reason go ahead and, and you can do it and then just always just believing in myself for me um i feel like i can do anything i feel like if, if i get the right opportunity and i'm gonna take advantage of it so um, with that and their support, uh, that's what kind of pushed me to go ahead and, uh, and apply. Well, that, I mean, that's definitely great to hear. And, um, and you know, I was going to start asking you about this since we're both, you know, um, black leaders in, um, in this industry, I kind of want to get your take on how you feel. And it could be, you know, related to current events, what you've seen in the past. Like, what are your feelings about specifically about diversity in the workplace? Um, I think that's a good uh, good question following the last one because um, for me, uh, within the corporate world, not speaking at where I'm at right now or just in, in general from my experience of being out of the company, there's not usually a, a lot of people that look like me um, that are managers. And then uh, especially there's not a lot of people that look like me that are my age um, as managers. And that was something that, that that's kind of makes you a little bit nervous when you're going into something. So. Uh, I definitely think I took that into play before I applied, but at the same time, it's like, all right, you, you believe in yourself. I know I can do it, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. But then at the same time, I got to go, I got to do more. I can't, I can't do what another manager asked what they would say was good for, for them. I got to do beyond that because I don't want to me to mess up an opportunity, uh, my opportunity, and that hurts some, the next person that looks like me and is younger and wants to get into leadership because I know how hard I work to, to get in this position and I wouldn't want to um, do anything negatively that might affect the person coming after me because I think having diversity, more diversity in these type of leadership roles, I think it's a benefit for any company. Um, and I want to make sure as being the, being kind of the, the lead on that, um, that I don't mess that opportunity up for anyone following me. And it's, I mean, you're spot on with that. And it's interesting that you mention, you know, your actions, positive or negative, uh, holding, you know, having some sort of hold on the person who comes after you. And I think that's it's kind of unfortunate, it's kind of a gift and a curse. But, you know, in your position, you know, your promotion, do you feel, you know, because you are a black manager, do you sometimes feel that you have to carry yourself in a perfect way? Like you have to be perfect um, you know, and, and I bring this up like a, a lot of the uh, past pioneers that we hear of in the black community. We always hear about the great ones like you never hear about the first average black baseball player. It's always Jackie Robinson. You never hear about, you know, the first average per black person in the industry. But do you feel like you have to carry yourself in a perfect way so you don't mess it up for people behind you? Um, yes, 100 um, percent. 
And, and that may be true. Um, it may not be true that if I mess it up, that it may hurt the next person behind me. It may not. But in my in my case, um, I want to carry my, myself in a way that it's going to open up more opportunities for people that look like me. I want for me, I want to kill it. And then like, okay, let's take another chance on someone else. This person did great. Okay, they can do the same thing these other people can do if we give them the opportunity to be able to do so. So for me, do I feel like I have to be perfect? I would say, I don't feel like I have to be perfect, but I do have to give it that, ex I have to give it a little extra oomph into it, into my work every day, just to make sure I'm not um, falling back on anything to where anyone could say anything uh, that could mess it up for the next person. But I don't feel like I have to be perfect, but I'm, I'm striving to be perfect um, each time because I have that in mind. And, and speaking of, you know, and thank you for saying that. And I kind of want to stay down this this swim lane real quick in, you know, if you feel like you don't have to be perfect, like how, if you make a mistake, if you, uh, there's a hiccup in the road, how comfortable do you feel that you can bounce back from that and that not represent your work as a whole? Like how, how good do you feel like I can, I can mess up. I can repent for my sins and I can get back to it. Like, do you think that is something that, that you can do it and won't be held against you? Or, you know, how do you feel about that? Um, be honest, that's, that's kind of a little bit of a fear of mine because I don't ever want to put myself in that spot. And at this point, I haven't put myself in a position like that. But at this time, I wonder myself. I, I'm not exactly sure. Um, I do not think so. Um, in my current position, just with uh, where I'm at and the type of company I'm at now, I don't feel like that. But at other places that I've been, um, I 100% could see that happening. And that's why you always give that extra um, to make sure you don't get down that route. Um, but if I was to go down that route at some other places, I don't feel like I would get another opportunity. Um, you get one chance. If you mess that chance up, it, you're going to have to really do something incredible or get an opportunity that's incredible to kind of make up for uh, that mistake that you've made previously. Um, so I would say at other places, um, I think, I think I'd be very worried if I made a mistake to be able to uh, change my, um, change the way that I'm looked at in that environment. Um, and I probably be honest, if I made a huge mistake, I, I would be so much harder on myself just because of everything I've worked on and, and trying to get to this position um, that, and then on top of just being, uh, the only person that would look like me uh, in most situations, if I was anywhere else, uh, being the only person that would look like me, yeah, I would, I would definitely, I'd be a little bit nervous wondering if I'd be able to overcome uh, that mistake. But currently in my current position, I definitely feel like I can make mistakes. I've made minor mistakes um, um, within my current role. And I think that they all, everyone looks at me uh, still pretty highly uh, to where I feel pretty comfortable to make a mistake now. Well, that's good. I mean, that's that's good to know you're in a spot now that you feel more comfortable kind of breaching out and doing you and 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 testing the waters and, and you know, just trying your hardest at everything. And if if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Let's let's move on. So that's, that's good to hear. It's unfortunate about prior things or prior jobs you've been in, but you did mention you know, being the only one that looks like you in certain situations, you, you know, at, at leadership meetings and in in the office, you know, what have you what have you learned from other leaders in your past that look like you? What have you learned from other black leaders, minority leaders 
from how they carried themselves to how they did their work? What have you taken from them, whether good or bad? What's something that you have in the back of your mind that, that you keep from, you know, previous relationships or previous encounters from minority leaders? Um, I would say just getting to know who the minority leaders are. If you're a person that's going to, that is younger and you're looking at these people and you want to be in their seat in five years, 10 years, whatever, uh, um, whatever, how long you want to get there, uh, you got to know these people and you got to reach out to them. And when I was at my prior company, I didn't get that. And I was trying to do work as hard as I possibly can, try to get noticed and try to make a move. And hopefully they noticed me. Um, and that wasn't working. I did that for like two years. And I'm like, man, why am I not getting noticed? Why am I? I said, All right, let me look, let me, let me reach out to someone who looks like me, has been in this position before to get the best advice that I can get. And then one thing from doing that is, everyone's willing to help you. I mean, they were willing to share their experiences, their uh, their wins and their losses in regards to their career. And then when you start uh, reaching out to some, they're going to give you their wins and losses. You go to another uh, leader, you get their wins and losses. And for me, what I did was I talked to as many people as possible. Um, I probably reached out to about 10 different mentors, uh, got their career path, how they got to where they're at and things like that. And um, and one specifically, I still talk to today. She's been um, she's been great. I don't think I would be where I'm at in my career if it was not for her and the advice that she gave me. Um, so I would say everyone needs to reach out and know who those people are. If you're a person who has a similar background as me, um, one of the things that sticks out the most is that there's not. You might be the first person to do it that looks like you. It's not always going to be fair. It's not always going to work out the way you envision it in your mind to work out. Um, but you can't stop. That's the biggest thing for me. And I think that's the biggest thing that's helped me be successful. I've hit so many different obstacles. So I'm a person who's very ambitious. I want to like, uh, I want to be a VP of an insurance company by the time I'm 35. I'm not, I don't want to be when I'm 50, 60, but that's just the type of person I am. So I'm working as hard as possible to be able to do that. But you know, anytime you're a younger person trying to do things like that, you're going to run into obstacles because of your age and things like that. So I would say the biggest thing uh, my mentors have taught me is just don't give up. Just because that opportunity isn't here now doesn't mean it's not going to be there later. And also, uh, one thing is that when you're when you're at the bottom and you're trying to find your way up, any little no or any little, it's like the end of the world to you. And like, I definitely remember those times where I'm like, man, I am never going to move up. I've been doing this for two years straight trying to find a new job. I didn't talk to this person. I've talked to that person. But if, if God has something in store for you, he has it in store for you. The timing on when it comes might not be your timing, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to come. So I think that's the biggest thing and just keep trying and just, and don't, and, and, and don't set the bar too low. Don't set your bar at I just want to be a manager because if I had to set my bar at just being a manager I'm 27 I'd be I'd be done now you know I'd be reached my goal I'd be thinking like dang I, I'd have made it I'd probably chill out and, and be happy kind of where I'm at but that's not where I set my bar at and uh, uh, I think people need to set their bars a lot higher I know in previous times it took a lot more time for people that look like you to get to higher level positions it might have took them 20 or 30 years but I think uh, times are changing and, and, and be a part of the change. 
is it, kind of um, is what I've learned the most from my mentors um, and, and just not giving up. I mean, my mentor, I was uh, complaining about um, trying to move up for two years, and I thought two years was the longest time. You know, I'm fresh out of college, trying to move up, trying to find my way within my career, and it's, she's like, it's two years. That's not that long. Like, and two years, if everybody was, there's a lot more managers around the world than you think then if everyone was getting to where they want to be in two years. And it was like, I and I see that. And it's like, don't give up. Keep going. Try something else. Go a different route. You don't got to stay where you're at. Like, you might be happy where you're at. The opportunity might be there. See where the other opportunities are at outside of where you're at. Um, but don't give up. Don't just say because there's not an opening or, or you applied, you didn't get the job that, that doesn't mean you're not fit for that job. That just means those people didn't think you were fit for the job. That doesn't mean you can't go somewhere else and they might love you and think you're great and you and they might see everything that you see in yourself and, and be happy to bring you on the team. So there's just a lot of different situations that you're going to uh, hit and a lot of different obstacles. And my biggest thing is don't give up, especially when you're under 30. I mean, there's, I've seen people, and, and just in myself, my in the last two years of my career, have I mean, I could have never imagined after working uh, working for those two to three years trying to find an opportunity that these this many opportunities will open up for me. So you never know when it's going to happen, but you just got to keep working hard and always be ready for that opportunity um, to happen. And that's another thing that my mentor uh, kind of went over for me is that you might, um, like for me personally, sometimes you might have to do the job before you get the job. And that was something I did not understand at all. When I was 24, I didn't. I was like, why would I do the job if they're not paying me to do the job? Like, why would I go shadow and see them do the job? Like, I don't. I don't really understand. That is everything. If you really want to do something, like, and especially if it's outside of what you've been doing, um, you need to go shadow. You need to go talk to the people in that area. How did you learn this? How did you do that? Um, and that's kind of that's the biggest advice that I've gotten, and I think that's helped me be successful. I think that's what's helped me. Uh, get here. I mean, you just dropped so many bits of bits, just nuggets of knowledge there that I think uh, a lot of people would have loved to have 20 years ago. That they, you need to, you know, you know, shadow, do the job first before you get paid. I mean, it, there's a lot of good stuff there. Um, what you basically said is put the time in, put the time in. Um, something good will come out of it, especially if you put yourself in the right situation. So I know you're still a young person. You're still in your 20s. You know, however, you know, someone who is just graduating from college right now, someone who uh, wants to get into the business world, I don't it could be insurance, could be finance, could be banking, you know, could be customer service, retail, whatever it is. Um, and, you know, they're a minority and they, they look at you and they see you working hard. They see you getting promoted. Um, you know, what would you say to, a, you know, a younger version of you that wants to get into leadership? Knowing what you know now, what would you tell that person? Um, find someone in the career, whatever career path you want to do, find someone that is successful in that career and try to pick their brain as much as you can. Um, for me, um, at this point, the reason why I got into insurance in general, I started insurance when I was in college. I was an insurance agent in college. So um, I'm always going to the person that's doing what I wanna do. 
So at that time, the leader of my um, business department was a guy by the name of Dave Garrison. He was really high up at uh, USA. And I got to my senior year. He was someone, this guy took me to D.C. Um, he, uh, he, uh, he introduced me to Senator Scott from, I think, South Carolina. He took me to New York. I visited Bloomberg. I've done, this guy took me everywhere. So I'm like, at the end of my senior year, I'm like, man, I'm working with this guy. I know this guy got a lot of money. Like, I want to I want to be kind of like how he is. I, I really looked up to him. So I kind of got to my end of my senior year in college, and I'm like, all right, this guy's successful. Let me pick his brain. What, what do you? What would you do? Um, because obviously he's been successful just figuring it out on his own. Think about if he would have had someone there to tell him what to do. So what he told me to do is exactly what I've done so far. He told me to go to a big insurance company and then go to a startup insurance company. Did I know at that time I'd be where I'm at now? No. But I grabbed somebody that I trusted, that I knew knew what he was talking about and knew what he was doing, and I took the format that he gave me, and I created my own game plan off of that. And then um, also, I would say, uh, reach out to as many people as possible. I was reach. I'm telling you, I know some people I might have got on their nerves, but I was reaching out to everybody. I reached out to, a, uh, I found out a kid on my high school basketball team's dad was a VP at a, a, a big insurance company in Columbus. I reached out to him. I hadn't talked to him in maybe five years, six years. But people are more willing to help you than what you would think. And then speaking to him, listen to his career path. As I said earlier, I reached out to other black leaders at my prior company to kind of see what their career path is. And I listened to all their experiences, all their stories on how things work. Because most people going into it don't have a plan. And you're just first, you're coming out of college, you just want to get a job, number one. So that was that was the first thing for me is like, you just don't want to get a job. You want to get a job in something you're going to do for a while. Because for me, I mean, if I, I started, I think I was 22 when I started at my uh, first insurance company. Um, I've been in insurance for a while now. And I think your years of experience within one industry speaks a lot in regards to if you're trying to move up and things like that. Um, so I would say stay, no, figuring out what industry I wanted to be in and staying in it, getting leaders from that uh, from that industry that have been successful, following their game plans, learning from their experience so I don't make the same mistakes that they did, because that's the biggest thing, because you're going to make mistakes. But the thing is, try to make the least amount of mistakes as possible. If I can learn from someone else who's been through it so I don't have to make that mistake, why would I not reach out to that person? For, and for me, and I'm the same in for me now, I try to do the same thing that, that they did for me. I want to do that for other people that are coming out of college and things like that. Always willing to network, always willing to help someone out and uh, move further along within their career. So for me, if you just recently graduated college, try to find someone doing what you're doing, what you want to do. Um, I've also, um, and it doesn't have to be just for your career, even for any side jobs or anything you have aspirations to be. For myself, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to own um, uh, rental properties. I want to do some type of businesses. I want to be an owner of something. So what's the best route for me to go um, to do that? Is it for me just to go open a business and just start running off with it? No. Let me reach out to my aunt who's doing it. Let me reach out to these people that are successful, successful business owners in that area so I can see what things I need to look out for before I get into it. So I think those are the two things I would do if you want to go work for someone or if you want to start something on your own. And I think um, in regards to being an entrepreneur and things like that, I think uh, more people need to believe that they can do it. Uh, because especially um, uh, 
African-Americans need to believe that they can do it. Because I know for me, that's always been something that I've been, I don't know if I could do it. And if I would have started something out of college, I might have been, I might have, um, uh, pay wise and things like that, I might be at the same level if I would have started it then. So I think you just got to think about the different avenues and really start doing what you want to do as early as possible and find those leaders in that industry. Because for me, I have great examples on both sides of things. The leaders that I've met at fire insurance companies, and I have friends that started their businesses when they were 18, 19. Some didn't go to college. Some of them graduated college and then started their businesses. And it's like, how did they start them? They reached out to leaders doing what they're doing. If it's a landscaping company, if it's an online company, they reached out to people in those spaces, and then they created their own plan off of that that they grew off of. That And again, like what you were saying, it, 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 it's just, it's just perfect. And when you mention networking, networking is almost a lost art and people don't realize like how much easier it is to network now. Like back, you know, I don't want to age myself, but you know, back when I was in college, we didn't have social media where we could look, you know, people up, you know, you were you were cold calling, you were looking, you know, you were yellow pages, like you were going to actual offices. Like now with every company having a website, every company having a Facebook page, every company having a Twitter handle, Instagram, like it's a lot of this, if if you don't do it, it says a lot more about you than it does about anybody else. So I commend you on that bit of advice for someone you know, coming out of college right now. Um, so again, I want to um, say thank you. I'm here with, with Evan Mills. He's a, another manager at, at Root Insurance with me. And um, I do want to kind of, you know, to to kind of in the, in the show a little bit, I, I want, we talked a lot about business. We talked a lot about professional life, you being a, a black leader, but I would like to know your feelings on, you know, in the past few weeks, few months, we've seen the, uh, you know, the the death and the murder of of uh, Ahmaud Arbery. We've seen George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. We can go on and on and on. How does that affect you in your day to day, and 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 how do you continue to to work at a high level when you see things like that happening in America? Um, for me, I think I might have a different outcome that, that others might not have. Uh, so for me, for me, it's, it's, it's no different than any other time, to be honest, because for me, I've been seeing that. I, I've been seeing the uh, opportunities that others get that you might not get. I've seen um, uh, people of color be treated differently than others. Uh, for me personally, I, um, when I got the probably the fifth grade or sixth grade, I moved to an environment that was completely different from what I grew up from. And I saw those things. So for me, it, it's, it's others are talking about it more. You know, I've, I've seen it. It's, in some ways it's happened to me. So for me, it, I like it though. I like it that it's just being talked about more. It's making you feel more comfortable. It's making you feel more comfortable in having those conversations. Previously, it's like, dang, I think if, if I'm in a room and I'm the only black person in that room, I, in my mind, previously, I'm the only person that knows about this stuff going on, you know? 
And then now that it's being talked about more and people are more open to talk about it, I think it's great because it's like, oh, y'all see it too. So y'all, you tell me, okay, I'm not <laughs> You're right about that. You are right about that. Like <laughs> <laughs> that is seeing this. And then some others are, will have a, um, we'll, we'll think the opposite way, but you can have those, uh, those conversations with them. I mean, what would you say in your experience? I, it, and I know you're going to throw it back on me, but you're, you're right. And I'll tell you what, I, after the, the week after George Floyd, um, and the video came out and everybody, um, saw it, I was, I was really, I was, I was, I was hurt and it affected my work. And at no other point in my professional career did I feel okay to have conversations in the workplace about it. But this time, I was like, you know what? That's that's as clear as day. Every like everybody saw it. It's it's not like you know, you know, in the in the way past, you know, with with Rodney King, where um, it was grainy video. It was you know, it, whatever excuse you want to make about it. Like this was right in front of your face, and this it was right there. So I I thought it was my responsibility to have a conversation with my team. And I did. And I felt I didn't get any pushback from it. You know, I made a few people uncomfortable. I'll be 100% honest with you. I made a few people uncomfortable. But for sure, at the end of it, you know, we were able to have a conversation because, hey, guys, yeah, you know, Mark is your is your manager. Mark is your leader. But Mark is also a black man. Like when I leave the job, like I'm not your leader anymore, but I am still a black man. So these mm -hmm. feelings come with me to work. So that's I, I definitely understand your point where it's like, hey, you and I have seen it. We felt it. We see it every day. We've lived through it. You know, there's microaggressions that we, we feel. There's code switching we have to do. There's all these things we live through as, as black men. But now it's like other people are being brought into it. They don't see the whole experience. But they're starting, they, it's in front of their faces now. So they can't not see it. Um, so I definitely, I definitely appreciate that perspective from you. Yeah. And I, and I, and I love it to be honest with you. I, I love that, that, that it's being shown. I love that people are seeing it. Like, cause I mean, I just couldn't imagine being on the other side of it. And, and, and I feel for some of the people who didn't see it, you know, because like now that you are seeing it, it's like wow, that's really going on to these people that I'm friends with. Like that I'm, I, like that could happen to somebody I really know. Like that, like the guy, my boss, or my coworker, or my friend, my my neighbor. Like that's really what the the side of things that they're seeing, and now I'm seeing it. It's like it's this is this is crazy. So I, I'm happy it's being talked about because it being talked about is the first step within change. Um, and, and, and the videos, I agree with you when you were talking about like the videos before were grainy and things like and people could make uh, different judgments on, on videos and things like that. But I think, I definitely think the George Floyd one was like the, you know, that's the one I was like, oh, what, what, uh, what excuse can you make about that one? You know, it's right. like, mm -hmm. like we don't, we, we got, we got camera angles. We got, you know, <laughs> we got witnesses. We got, we got everything. So I feel if you're the person that still needs more, then I can't help you like that. You're on your own after that. Yeah. And, and for me, it made me feel better because 
personally where I'm at in life and where and the people that I'm around uh, were outraged. And, and for me, I was taking, I, it, I'm not gonna lie, I, was, I took a step back and I realized like people of other races, how outraged they were. I was kind of taken back because I was like, man, this like, no, you guys are with us. Like y'all, <laughs> y'all are not playing, y'all are with us. And I, and I appreciated that. And it made me feel more comfortable to be honest with you. Um, and it made me feel like, man, I'm working around a good group of people. Like, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, you know, you know, you don't know. You don't know how people right. are outside of work, outside <laughs> of, outside of anything. So, you know, you might, uh, but then it's like, when you, when they, when they had that outrage and you could feel it, like, like you could tell that they were really outraged about it. And I'm like, that's exactly what we need. We need more people just like you. And, and, and I appreciate that. And I appreciate the, the wanting change and, and wanting equality and wanting everybody to have the same opportunity as others, because. I mean, you have to take a step back a little bit. When you say equality for everyone, that means that another group is being treated better than another group. And so that means that the group that is being treated better needs to, needs to share some of the opportunity, share some of the, uh, the uh, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but share some, share some of that and uh, some of the opportunities. Share, share, their, like share their privilege. They, say what you're going to say. Share exactly. their privilege. They need to share. Exactly what I was looking for. Share their privilege. And it's like, for you willing to lose out on some opportunities to make sure this race, or not even just African-Americans, but all races, um, to have the same opportunity as you, man, that, that's, that's a, I mean, that's a, that's a big person to be able to do that and really stand on that and really push that when their whole family looks just like how they look. And maybe even some of them don't want to relinquish that privilege or anything like that. It's just like, Man, that's great. It's great. And I, I mean, I've, I've been happy to, from what I've seen. I've been happy to see the change. And um, I'm looking forward to see how that change is actually implemented, I think is where I'm at now. Like, how does that, how do we really implement that? You know, it's, you're absolutely right. And um, you're right about this is the first step. You know, in my, and I don't want to be a downer, but, you know, it seems it, in my lifetime, it seems like we've taken this first step multiple times. Um, I just, but something, you're right. Something feels a little different this time. Something yeah, feels like, different. yeah, it's a little different. Um, and I knew it was different when there were some, you know, police commissioners and police officers that came, you know, that, that talked after the George Floyd video and basically said, you know, if my, if my, any of my officers feel that was the correct way to handle that, you, you should not be cops. Um, and what I tell people a lot is that you, you and I both work in insurance and, um, we, we both are managers. So we get the escalation calls. And if one of our people does something wrong, it is our job to admit that mistake and make it right. I think that goes across the board. You know, that you, you, people saying sorry or saying we made a mistake is not a sign of weakness. It's the exact opposite. So sometimes I would just like people in, in places of power, people who have duties to American citizens, if they make a mistake or if someone makes a mistake, I need somebody to speak up. I need somebody to say, yeah, we messed up. We have to do better. And I'm seeing a little bit more of that. Am I seeing enough? No. But I'm seeing a little bit more of that this time. So you are 
You are absolutely correct. Well, Evan, I just I wanted to say thank you so much. This has been great. Um, I, before we, we, we end this, I, I wanted to let you know, um, professionally, I think the world of you. I think you are an amazing talent. I see what you're doing with your team. I see how you lead. I see how you guide. I see how you mentor. I want, I want you to know. I don't think uh, enough black men tell other black men how well they're doing. Um, and I want you to know that you are an inspiration for me. You do a really good job at what you do. So I want you to know that. Um, and thank you. Know, you. Th- I, yeah. Go ahead. You know, I just, I was just, I was going to say that I, I, I really want you to know that because, you know, I know we just had some re- reviews at work, and I'm sure you got some, some good feedback. But the interaction you and I have had has always been productive. Like, there's never been a time I, I came to you and said, hey, I need help with this. And you're like, no, get out of here. I don't, I don't have time for that. And I hope I've never done that to you. <laughs> uh, but I just, you know, professionally, personally, we've hung out a few times. You are, um, I have a feeling that if if I was as mature and as, as put together and as, um, you know, just... Um, I grind it as much as you do. If I was there, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I'd be in a different place. But I, I, I wanted to let you know that. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Mark. I really, I really appreciate that. And I thank you. I mean, I think the things that you're doing with your group, I think the things that you're doing with this podcast, I think those are huge because I think that like for, for you, offering to bring me on and things like this onto your podcast. I think that's huge. I think you think about others a lot and, and you want others to have uh, successful careers and be successful in whatever they choose to do. And I think you doing this podcast is one way you can help others. And especially in regards to young uh, African-Americans that are, uh, you've been in that position where you started in the corporate world. I have too, where we ran into some issues that maybe others did. And I think it's great this platform that you're using to be able to show others um, that you can do it. You, you can do it. You just, you just might be doing it the wrong way, or you might not be doing it in the most efficient way. So I think things like this and sharing uh, black corporate leaders' experiences and things like that, I think it's great. The things that you do, I think that the ideas that you come up with are great. Um, very creative. Um, and yeah, I just appreciate you for bringing me on and, and always being a mentor. And whenever I have any questions, you're the same way. You're always willing to help out. And then also, uh, even outside of just work, because I know most of our interactions are within work. We found out a few times, as you mentioned, outside of work. But just even outside of work, just carrying the same values that you hold within work. Obviously, we're a little more silly. Obviously, joking around a little bit more outside of work. Just, just a little, just those, a little, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you still hold those same values when we're outside of work. And, and I appreciate it. We need more people. If we had more marks in the world, we'd be making more advancements. And I hope as many people can hear this podcast, not just this episode, but future episodes, because you really have someone that's trying to teach you something, that's trying to help you, and trying to give you whatever resources so you can be the best you you can be. Um, And I thank you for that and giving others the opportunity to hear those uh, situations and, and sharing your own experiences. Well, thank you very much, Evan. It has been a pleasure. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Evan Mills. Um, thank you for being a guest on this podcast, and I look forward to having you back on in the future. And uh, you have a good rest of your day, okay? All right. You do the same, Mark. I'm looking forward to it.
I want to take this time to thank our guest, Evan Mills, for sitting down and having that conversation with me. I tell you what, if this is what the future of our black leaders looks like, we're in good hands. And as always, Relatively Normal is written, produced, and edited by me, Mark Paisant. And if you or anyone you know is in crisis, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at one 800 273 8255.